2 Samuel 11, verse 2. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful to behold. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Called for Freedom podcast on this Friday morning. We're going to dive into 2 Samuel chapter 11. And I think that this is a story that most men can relate to. Okay? Now, this is the story... Of David and Bathsheba. And remember, you may say to yourself, well, I can't relate to that story because I never cheated on my wife. Well, neither have I. But what did Jesus say? If you look at a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery in your heart. So let's dive deeper into this. David and Bathsheba In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house. And he saw from the roof a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messengers and took her. And she came to him, and he lay with her. Now she had been purifying herself from her, uncle- her uncleanness. Then she returned to her house, and the woman conceived, and she sent and told David, I am pregnant. So David sent word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah came to David, David asked how Joab was doing, and how the people were doing, and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. And Uriah went out of the king's house, and there followed him a present from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord, and did not go down to his house. 
When they told David, Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, Have you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? Uriah said to David, The ark and Israel and Judah dwell in booths, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are camping in the open field. Shall I then go to my house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. Then David said to Uriah, Remain here today also, and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. And David invited him, and he ate in his presence and drank so that he made him drunk. And in the evening he went out to lie on his couch with the servants of his Lord, but he did not go down to his house. In the morning David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. In the letter he wrote, Set Uriah in the forefront of the hardest fighting, and then draw back from him, that he may be struck down and die. And as Joab was besieging the city, he assigned Uriah to the place where he knew where were knew there were valiant men. And the men of the city came out and fought with Joab. And some of the servants of David among the people fell. Uriah the Hittite also died. Then Joab sent and told David all the news about the fighting. And he instructed the messenger, When you have finished telling all the news about the fighting to the king, then if the king's anger rises, and if he says to you, Why did you go so near the city to fight? Did you not know that they would shoot from the wall? Who killed Abimelech, the son of Jerubaseth? Did not a woman cast an upper millstone on him from the wall, so that he died at Thebes? Why did you go so near the wall? Then you shall say, Your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. So the messenger went and came and told David all that Joab had sent him to tell. The, met the messenger said to David, The men gained an advantage over us and came out against us in the field. But we drove them back to the entrance of the gate. Then the archers shot at your servants from the wall. Some of the king's servants are dead, and your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. David said to the messenger, Thus shall you say to Joab, Do not let this matter displease you, for the sword devours now one and now another. Strengthen your attack against the city and overthrow it, and encourage him. When the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah her husband was dead, she lamented over her husband. And when the mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. It's an evil thing that 
David did, but this just shows that even King David, who found favor in the eyes of the Lord, can fall short. We all fall short. Pastor Ed Ray does a very good commentary on this. It says, The chapter of 2 Samuel is the scriptural record of perhaps the most infamous act of adultery in all of human history. King David and Bathsheba. It took place in spring, the time of year when because of better weather and plenty of food from the harvested winter crops, kings would let kings would let, uh, lead their armies out to battle. But for some reason that year David stayed back and sent his men to battle without him. By not leading his men out, he found himself with time on his hands. And as the old saying goes, an idle mind is the devil's playground. David thought that since he was king, he could do whatever he wanted. Success quite often carries with it the hidden danger of creating a lifestyle without restraint. And this attitude led David to make the biggest mistake of his life. A mistake that resulted in fatal, inescapable consequences for his family. Consequences that took decades to play out completely. The phrase, he saw a woman, carries an indication that David saw her and looked intently at her for an extended period of time. It wasn't a quick glance, but rather a lingering second look. This would be a problem in any believer's life, but how much more so for a man like David, who according to 2 Samuel 5 verse 2, already had a problem in this area. Verse 2 of chapter 5 says, And David took more wives and concubines to himself. Job, from the book of Job, stands in sharp contrast to David. Job knew himself well and determined in his heart how he would handle such temptations before he ever was tested. He said, I have made a covenant with my eyes not to look upon a maiden. Job 31 verse 1 This is a simple but profound decision that must be made long before the temptations actually come. We must be careful to build into our lives time for daily, godly, habitual patterns of prayer and scripture reading, which will serve as a self-imposed roadblock to sin. I think a lot of us as men have a problem in this area. And there's nothing more true than verse 2 of chapter 5. Or I'm sorry. The old saying that says an idle mind is the devil's playground. When you're sitting around doing nothing and your mind starts to wander 
You start to do things. You start to get tempted to buy things you can't afford. You start to think about other things that you could be doing that aren't necessarily good for you. Believe me, I've been there. As a matter of fact, I'm there every day. My mind goes idle. I start to get bored. I don't know what to think about, so I find something to think about. And usually it's not good. So as a man, and telling other men, be careful of these temptations. I have lived them. And nothing good ever comes out of them. Lord, we need your help to keep this covenant with our eyes. Please keep us from temptation and give us strength to simply not look the second time. In Jesus' name, amen.